Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I came across a story, it's, it, and it's kind of a necromanced story, if you will, brought back from the dead. This story, it actually comes uh, from a, a, an interview that was done four years ago, but apparently the interweb just discovered it, and so then I discovered it because I was not listening to the Venture podcast with Lambros Fotios back in May of 2019. I, yeah, I did not. I did not know of the podcast. I did not hear it, but it's now making the rounds again, and it has to do with a coffee cup test. Have you heard of this thing? An executive's coffee cup test for job candidates has sparked online debates. He says it's his secret evaluation method: the coffee cup test. The guy's name is Trent Innes. He's from Melbourne, Australia, mate. He revealed his covert personality test when he appeared on the popular business podcast, The Venture Podcast, with Lambros Fotios, in May of 2019, while he was a managing director at Xero, X-E-R-O, Xero, uh, which is an accounting software company. And they did this podcast, and uh, it was titled... The Secret Job Interviewing Hack to Recruit the Right Staff. So he was pitching this. Remember back in the day? Oh, those days pre-pandemic when everything was life hack this and life hack that. And this is the hack you need and all that. So this was the, the job interviewing hack. So, all right. By the way, something to keep in mind. When you're applying for jobs, does anybody do that anymore? But anyway, if you're applying for jobs, always keep in mind that the HR people, they're they're looking for reasons to to cut your resume out. They 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 get a pool of all these resumes, and so they just find any old reason they can to get the pool smaller because they don't want to read them all. Um, have you? Oh, I heard one thing where people were uh, they were gaming the system, like the, uh, the the computer. So, like, if you applied for a job, and the ad had uh, like a description. We're looking for, you know, a person that is synergy, proactive, uh, whatever all of the corporate buzzwords are, right? And they, they have all that stuff and they, they have it all in their job description. And people, I shouldn't say this. Maybe I should. I, I'm going to say it. Okay. They, they would take the text of the job description. So they would copy it and then paste it onto their resume but paste it with white letters so that they make the text white or they do some sort of like an overlay or something like that. But if you just like you put it onto white paper and all the text is white, humans don't see it. But the computer does. So the computer, the the programs that read, quote unquote, the resumes, if they're looking for keywords, they see the keyword and they flag it as, okay, take you to the next level. 
all sorts. So that's a hack for you right there. This guy's hack has to do with a coffee cup. And I got to tell you, when I heard this, when I read this, I I, I don't think I would want to work for this guy. I know I say that like about everybody, but I I don't think I could I don't think I could work for this guy. In the 16-minute podcast episode, Trent Innes explained that he escorts candidates to an office kitchen. So while there, so he goes and he meets them. I guess they they chat a bit, and he walks them to the office kitchen, and there he offers them a cup of coffee or something else to drink. Before he then moves on to questions, candidates who don't offer to take their empty cups back to the kitchen at the end of the interview, probably not going to get a call back. I got questions. (laughs) I got questions. All right, so I'm assuming that like you're in the lobby or the waiting area, whatever. They come and get you. They bring you back. And maybe on the way back, they stop off in the kitchen. Hey, do you want something to drink? I would probably say no. Or if I, if I did, I'd say, oh, yeah, okay, a bottle of water if you got it or whatever. If you're going to give me like a ceramic coffee cup, like if, you, like if he goes over and he's like, hey, do you want a cup of coffee? And he reaches for some sort of mug that's like on the that's on the draining rack next to the sink, you know, I'm out. I ain't drinking out of that mug. Are you trying to give me typhoid or something? What's up with that? I don't want that. I, I've, I've worked with, I've worked in places with office kitchens. Now, I remember reading a, su- a study years ago that the, uh, the dirtiest office kitchens by industry, you want to take a guess? You want to take a guess, Bernie? What what would you think? What industry, office kitchens, have the dirtiest, nastiest coffee cups and kitchen? Radio. Indeed, you are correct, sir. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> and so, like, and Bernie will tell you, like, I go for coffee. There are two different coffee machines within, like, I don't know, a 50 to 100 foot radius of me. There may be more. I'm not aware. Maybe somebody else has another one hidden. But they're both the little Keurig machines, right, where you put the little pod in and you do the coffee. And the one Keurig machine that's closest, you got to pour the water into the the basin, into the reservoir, right? And I'm going to just, I'm going to guess that that is nasty, I'm going to guess that that's nasty. You know why? Because I've seen it. I've seen it. It's nasty. And so I will walk into the conference room, and hopefully no one's in there, but sometimes the people are in there, and so then i got to go to the nasty one. But in the conference room, there's one that's like it's like mainlined into – it's got like a water hose connection to it, so you never have to fill it up from the tap, you know? And, um, and it, at least in my brain, I think it's cleaner. I think there's a filter in there, but it probably hasn't been changed in probably 15 years either. So it's probably nasty too. Pete, don't be the filter. Don't, I'm not the filter. Don't be the filter. So I, so that's where I will try to go to get the cup of coffee. 
Because years ago, before we had, uh, no, this was, no, it was the first Keurig machine that we had. So this was like, I don't know, late 2000s maybe. And I went over there and there's like, you know, they have the little tray that slips in underneath and you can pull it out. It's like a catch tray for overflow or water drippage and stuff. And so, you know, you could slide it out, and you could slide out when you put a bigger mug underneath, too. If you got one of those travel mugs, you can pull the little tray out, stick the travel mug underneath. And I opened that thing up one day. So, okay, I used to work in restaurants, so admittedly, I have a little bit of a higher threshold when it comes to, or demand level, I should say, for cleanliness. I'm the guy that wipes down the counters in the break room. Like, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm not a martyr. No, you do not need. No, you do not need to uh, offer me tribute for this. But I opened up that tray one time, and I thought somebody had spilled rice into the tray, and so I went over to clean it out, and then I saw them move. No. Yeah. Uh huh. They weren't as big as maggots, but that's just because they were too young. They were really, really young, and they were squiggly, tiny little white things. Why do they got to be white things? I don't know. So they were just like all just like swimming around in, in that, like the scummy film of water that had collected in that little catch basin. Oh, I took pictures at one place I worked. There was a melon. Somebody brought a melon. Who the hell brings a honeydew melon to the office? Who does that? What kind of an animal does that? They brought a honeydew melon and then they stuck it in the fridge and then nobody did anything with it because who has like a, like who's got the 16 inch knife? You know, who's got the blade to cut into that thing? Who's, who is able to dice up a honeydew melon at work? Okay. And this, somebody did. Or somebody brought the melon in, no knife around, and they let it sit there for so long that it it developed mold to such an extent it looked like a brain. A purple, fuzzy brain. I cleaned out that fridge. Some animal left sushi in there, too. This is why they don't give us radio people a fridge. Because that was TV. Right. And they're actually like like they care about like how they look, per, people's perception of them. And that's what they do. We're radio. Do you think what we would have no chance? What We would all be dead from some sort of airborne or foodborne illness. All right. So Monica says that it's lunchtime and I should not be talking about this stuff. And Gary responds on Twitter that uh, it's way past lunchtime. And. Then Monica is holding up her lunch from Shomar's uh, to the screen. So, look, I cannot know everybody's lunch schedule. I thought I was doing a solid here by holding off on this topic of the spoilage in the in the fridge until well into the 2 o'clock hour here. I don't know when everybody eats lunch. I assume people are probably eating between like 11.30 and 1 o'clock. So I tried to keep that. I mean, look, I didn't even do the, the brain worm story. Sorry. All right. All right. I'll, let me go back to the coffee cup test. Because the coffee cup test, in my opinion, is garbage. Absolute garbage. But I have heard little things like I've heard where 
uh, some CEO was like, oh, I'll take candidates out for uh, for the job interview. I'll take them to a restaurant. And uh, if they salt their food before they try it, I don't give them a job. And like, I, I remember when I first heard that 25 years ago, I thought, oh, wow, that's like super smart. But now I'm thinking, how do you know that person could be on a weight loss program and they need to get their sodium levels up? You don't know that. Right? All of these little things that people do, like, oh, this is the test that I use. I don't know. Like, I guess some of them have some value. But this one, no. This one does not. In my opinion, it does not. The CEO uh, out of Australia, he went on a podcast and he's like, oh, okay, I bring in people and I escort the candidate to an office kitchen. I offer them a cup of coffee or something else to drink before we go to the questioning. Now, I don't know where the questioning occurs. Now, maybe they're doing the interview in the kitchen. And if you're, if I'm in the kitchen, first off, okay, first off, you show me the coffee cups that you're going to give me a cup from, right? Like if you have, you offer me coffee, if it's in a, it better be in a styrofoam cup. I don't want any of your nasty rewashed stuff. Don't give me that. I want some sort of planet killing styrofoam that I know nobody else has touched. But even then I'm not so sure because I see how you pick that, that uh, coffee cup up off of the sleeve of cups, right? And that's, if you grab that thing around the lip, I'll be like, no, thanks. I don't know where your fingers have been. You're touching that. Where I got to put my lips? No, I don't want that. I'll get it myself. And then what I do is I take some, I'll take like one cup off the top and then I'll take the next one. You know, I don't take the top cup. I'll take the second or third cup. That's how I roll. So then you offer me the coffee. And if I don't offer at the end of the interview, and I'm thinking he takes you out of the off or out of the kitchen brings you to some office where he conducts the interview and then you're done with the interview. Okay. Thanks a lot. You know, we'll be in touch or whatevs. And he says that if you don't offer to take the empty cup back to the kitchen at the end of the interview, you're not getting a call back. Like, dude, first off, how big is this office? If it's a big office, like I'm not going to wander around your office. I, I don't know where this stuff is. I don't remember how to get out of here. Is the idea supposed to be that I just offer, even though I don't do it? So I'm going to be like, oh, where can I go to wash out my coffee cup? I'm supposed to say that to you? That's your hack. I'm supposed to say, hey, where, where's the kitchen so I can take this coffee cup back and wash it out for you? He says, you can develop skills, you can gain knowledge and experience, but it really comes down to attitude and the attitude that we talk a lot about is the concept of wash your coffee cup he said see here's the thing me i wouldn't want to work for you if that's your test and me i'm the guy that will clean the whole kitchen your test stinks your test would screen me out even though i'm the guy that would actually wipe down all your counters rinse out all your coffee cups and pots and stuff, I would do that. Because I do that. Ennis explained that he thinks the test weeds out job candidates who would not be a uh, workplace culture fit. He also said most people tend to pass the post-interview test. 
Well, here's another question, another example of why your test is crap. Um, if everybody else is washing out the mugs, why do I have to? Surely not everybody's washing their own mugs. I've worked in offices, please. <laughs> I would be more like here's I would be um I would be more interested to see a test about who takes somebody else's lunch. How about that? How about you bring me into the kitchen as part of the interview and you're like, "Hey, do you want something to eat?" And first off, I would say no. But secondly, uh I if I did say yes, then you would go over to the fridge, you open it up, and you start taking out people's lunches, you know? Like clearly marked with their names on it and stuff. With, maybe with little messages, don't touch my lunch, you know? And, and you start going through and being like, oh, yeah, we got this or we got that. I wouldn't want to work for a guy like that. I wouldn't want to work for somebody that's going to base their hiring decision on something like this because obviously I'm proof that your, your test doesn't work. So now, of course, this has gone viral. It's making the rounds, and uh, somebody, one of the one of the people who commented on it said, "I would probably just ask what they want me to do with the cup." Right? Why do I have to offer to wash the cup? Why don't I just say, "What do you want me to do with this cup? What should I do with the cup?" Because I always do that. Or if it's a disposable cup, I just throw it away. Like that's a, that's a better way to do it. All right, hang on a second. I'll get Kevin on here real quick. Let's see. Kevin, welcome to the program. Real quick, Kevin, what's up? You may you may want to think about this a different way. All right. Maybe he's trying to find out if the person was willing to clean up after themselves. That's exactly what he says he's trying to figure out. But Okay, so what would be wrong with that? That I don't work for you yet. Okay. I, yeah, I don't work there. And I see and that, that's what I mean. I do clean up after myself. I clean up after other people to the point where but I get annoying about without doing his coffee cup test. What's that? How would he know without doing his coffee cup test? I, I don't know. I just don't think the test... Certainly, if you're going to clean up after yourself, yeah. pretty much I think you're going to clean up after yourself without being asked. Right. So the mere fact then that I'm... So you expect a job candidate who doesn't know your building, doesn't know where anything is, you expect them to go and do dishes no, on I the interview. No, to ask the question, where can I throw this out? Well, if they if they simply ask, where can I throw this out? Right, that's that, that's my point. I wouldn't even take the coffee cup. I wouldn't even take that the would cup. Be fine. I yeah, agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I agree totally with that premise. But the point is that I think that was his point was that he wanted to see if a candidate would even bother to clean up after themselves. A lot of people today, new especially younger, feel people should clean up after themselves. Somebody else should do it. Mom should do it. Yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. Look, you're talking to the guy who actually hung the sign that said, "Your mom doesn't work here." Clean up after yourself. Yeah. All right, Kevin, I appreciate the call, buddy. All right. You may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future? 
for families, for more time, for treatments. This is why we walk. Talking about this coffee cup test that this some CEO from Australia is like, oh, I bring in people for this job interview, and if they don't offer to take their empty coffee cup back to the kitchen, then they don't get hired. So it's I guess they're not being forced to wash the dishes like they skipped out on a check or something, but they just have to offer to bring the mug back to the kitchen. See, now I would probably say, if I even took your nasty mug, I would probably say, what should I do with this? And if you tell me to take it back to the kitchen, then I'll say, okay, could I get like a schematic or a blueprint, uh, a floor plan diagram of the office here so I don't walk into some unauthorized zone or where's the kitchen? Now, maybe it's very close and, oh, you just go right next door, put it in the kitchen. Okay, yeah, sure. I would do that. But I don't know why you would want me walking around your office, right? Especially if you got some stuff around there that I could look at, you know, like, maybe stash into a garage with my 67 vet. You have no idea who I am, right? Got a message here from Dylan who says, Pete, great show as always. Thank you, Dylan. I think a new segment for your show should be Pete's Pet Peeves. Keep up the good work. Oh, Pete's Peeves or Pet Pete's. Pete, Pet, Pete's Pet. All right, we'll work on that. George, welcome to the program. Hello, George. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine, Pete. And like Dylan said, you do a great job. Oh, thanks, sir. I appreciate I think it. What the the interviewer is doing, um, you, you you have an employee that's going in for an interview. He's got his paperwork. He's got his resume. By him offering to take a cup or take it back and ask him, where do you want me to put this? It does show, and it it doesn't mean he's not going to hire him because he didn't ask. But it shows he wants to work for the company. He wants to be a team player. And it just shows a lot of compassion and initiative. And he's one, when he does learn his job, he's going to do things on his own without people asking. And, and I think that's all that uh, the interviewer is trying to do. Well, that is what, yeah, you are correct. That is what the interview, uh, or that is what the, the guy, the business guy, this is what he says he's trying to get at. He says, uh, but he does say if they don't, if the candidates who don't offer to take the empty cups back to the kitchen are unlikely to get a job. So well, that might bite him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He may have the opportunity of losing a great employee like me just based on that. Right. Like me. I'm a great employee. I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back here, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty fantastic employee. Every, uh, I mean, everybody that uh, I've ever been fired by has told me. Yeah. So, yeah. like I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, George, I appreciate the call. And I think that there is a rational thought process behind it, but I think it's crap because it would weed out somebody like me. Like I said, I'm the kind of guy that actually wipes down all the countertops. I'm the guy that will actually wipe out your microwave. Okay, within reason. Within reason. Um, when I worked... Here for like, because now I'm only in here, you know, I come in, I do the show, but I do all of my work from home. So I come in and uh, I, I show up like an hour early and uh, I'm in here. I get a cup of coffee. I get some water from the water cooler, but I'm not really spending a lot of time in the office outside of the show. 
Whereas when I was spending time here outside the office I w- or outside of the show, when before I had the show and I was a reporter and I would spend, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day here, I would do all of that stuff. I was wiping down, cleaning stuff all the time. Because radio people are nasty. And we get food in here. People bring food in. Right? The, the engineers are always fighting with, uh, with people about, you know, food and drinks near the equipment and all that stuff. Anyway, um, people were saying that they feel like it's weird to wash your own cup at an interview. One said, if you're still in the kitchen, then yeah. But if we're in a conference room and I leave, I'm not walking around the office again. I don't work there yet. Um, another one said, isn't letting random people roam around unsupervised risky? Yes, it is. Do I, and then somebody said, do I even want to work for somebody who is this manipulative and poorly communicates their expectations to me? Now that's some, that is some turnabout right there, right? That's like, well, wait a minute. You're testing me. Well, if this is a test, I think you failed. I'm the guy at my la- when I was working in Asheville, in the studio, I set up different bins in the studio. One for paper, because I'm old school, man. I have everything here on paper. They, anybody I ever work with, they will tell you I got stacks of stuff. I got the, like, the Limbaugh-esque. It's a printout. It's a stack of stuff. I got all of and I, I, I highlight. I make notes on it. I don't work off of the laptop. I mean, I have the laptop. I do it for the emails and the tweets and stuff. But my show prep, it's all hard copy. It's all this. And I wanted a, um, a recycling bin. And, and we didn't have somebody to come around and take the recycling out. So I set up a recycling bin, and I would put my papers in it. And then when it got full, I would go outside. I would walk it down to the trash can, and I would dump it in the recycling bin. And then I set up another can for, uh, for plastic, glass, bottles. Right. And almost no, it wasn't every single day. It was Mondays because the weekend crews would come in and they would take, I think, pleasure in mixing the trash, throwing garbage into the recycling and throwing the plastics into the regular garbage, just mixing everything up like the, and they're all clearly labeled. Right. I've got them all clearly labeled paper only. So then I write a sign that's like. Your mom doesn't work here. I'm dumping this trash. Put the paper in here, paper only, whatever. And then the next week I come in and they've done it again. And then it's like, you know, I'm out. I I take up all the bins, one more, one can only. You guys, like, I'm not sifting through your trash. I have, I have limits, you know, a man's got to know his limits. And that was my limit. I was not going to sift through grown people's trash. My spouse worked at a place where they'd offer you water before the interview. You would be rejected if you said no. It had something to do with being assertive. I think it was something they read in a book and they just went with it. (laughs) What kind of a test is that? That doesn't even make any sense. Hey, do you want some water? No, thanks. I'm okay. Okay, well, you're not going to get the job because you're not assertive. Well, wouldn't assertive be me saying no? Because most people, I think, would probably say yes. If you're offered free water, I'm going to say no, I don't want a freebie. I'm not taking anything for granted. Like, I could spin that the other way, too. These tests, that's what I mean. A lot of these tests are just garbage. Except my garbage test. I would do that. If I'm hiring, I would have three bins set up 
during the interview, and I would give them pieces of trash during the course. It would be all natural-like. Like, I would work it into the conversation, you know? And then I would see, are they going to recycle the paper? Are they going to throw the right trash in the right can? And that's how I would decide. I mean, if I ever had to hire people. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Greg says, Pete, I was feeling energetic one night working late at the office. I noticed the toilet was dirty, so I grabbed the toilet brush and I cleaned it. The brush was kind of weak, though. It turned out it was the brush for the coffee pot. I don't drink coffee. I never told anyone. I don't believe that story. I don't believe Brent, welcome to the program. Hello, Brent. Hello, Pete. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing all right. What's up? I was calling you with the salt and, paper, uh, salt and pepper test for an interview. I, yeah, I think I mentioned this one earlier. This is where if you salt and pepper your food before you taste it, you don't get the gig? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear you bring it up already, but yes, that's yeah. it. Have you ever have you done that to somebody or had that done to you? I was warned about it, but I never had it done to me. And when I didn't do it, I did have an interviewer once bring it up. Hmm. See, I've never had an interview over dinner or lunch, I don't think. Well, I guess you, if you go deep enough into the process, and this was in my early 20s, and I used to read a lot of books on interviewing because I was new to it, and I wanted to know, you know what to expect from 40- and 50-year-old guys that were going to interview me, whether they were that savvy because they, or thought they were that savvy because they read a few books, or if they were just trying to make a sport out of it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, I was prepared most yeah. of the time. No, no, it sounds like it. Yeah, Brett, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, like on that one, and that one makes sense to me. That one does that. That test does make some bit of sense to me. Um, let me see here. This is from Dennis Pete. Your discussion on office-related sanitation reminds me of the late great Robert D. Rayford, who some years ago, indeed, was at WBT. He would rant about never wanting to shake someone's hand because he was leery of where the hand had been. He would go on to say that rather than shaking a person's hand, he would replace that with a salute. He would also wear plastic gloves when venturing out amongst the public. I miss the old curmudgeon. He was one of a kind. I feel a good one coming on. Uh, Dennis, yes. So I saw Bob Costas and Larry David talked about this years ago. And Costas told a story about somebody in the airport uh, bathroom that, you know, Costas goes in. This guy recognizes him and goes to shake his hand. And Costas is like, ew, no, you know. Um, And so then the guy... Like, oh, yeah, sorry. He turns around and he does, like, he hits the water and he just kind of, like, runs his hands under the water real quick. And then he, like, you know, dries them real fast. Not a real wash, in other words. And Costas still doesn't want to shake his hand, right? But you're a famous person. Like, now you're the jerk. And so they devised, I think, a pretty good uh, solution, which is let's get rid of the handshake and go with, like, the Roman forearm grip thing. 
You know, where like I will grab your forearm, you grab my forearm, and you do that. Like 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 the centurions or something. I think this is what they called them. Um just another irrelevant manager trying to be relevant by positing the coffee cup challenge. And it's working, says Bob. That's <laughs> Celia. Maybe I'm the sucker here because I fell for the trap. Um, Jeff says, Pete, do you take the top lid from the stack of coffee lids at the convenience store? I always go down a few to pick. Same for the cups. Yes, absolutely. I take a, I take a lid that's not the top. Especially if they got them stacked top up, right? Where you got to put your mouth on that thing. I'm not taking the top one. I don't know what's been up on top of that thing. God only knows what's landed on that. So I'll take one from a couple down. So I lift up and I take one from the middle and then I put it back down. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say brilliant, but six packs of shiner, ninety-nine cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard. Sing along to Redneck Mother. Okay, so now I've been informed by Michael that if Jeff is doing the lid thing and I'm doing the lid thing, that means that I'm tasting Jeff's fingerprints. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one Feel like a good one I can feel a good one coming on Icky Foo on Twitter says a lady at work would have ramen for lunch every day, and every day she'd rinse out her bowl and just leave the leftover ramen noodles in the sink. Every day. I almost said something about it. Except she was Asian, and I thought it would sound racist, so I didn't. <laughs> All right. This is why people want to work from home. All right, I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Oh, no.